In this episode, I'll talk about opposition reflex, what it is and how to deal with it with your horse. So here we go, episode 133, Opposition Reflex. Hi, I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony. Because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. Someone recently suggested that I do a podcast about opposition reflex. And my first thought was no. <laughs> only kidding. <laughs> See what I did there? But seriously, I had been thinking about doing this. And then on Facebook, I came across uh, somebody who had asked a question about it. So I thought, hey, now's a good time to do it. So this is from a podcast listener. And she was um, trying to remember a name that I used for horses that always oppose pressure, or she said that naturally always oppose pressure, physical pressure. And she described her horse and says that I've had him since he was weaned, he's 12 years old, and he was always, had always resisted physical pressure. For example, if he touches side, ask him to move over, he will initially resist before moving. And that can range from a tiny shift of weight onto the side you touch to actively leaning into your hand but any physical pressure is always opposed before the yield. And then um, she asked, like, as well as the name you would give these horses, do you talk about them again in later podcasts or have any videos to advise how best to work with them? So here I'm talking about it in a, <laughs> in a later podcast or in this podcast. Uh, and yeah, I do have some suggestions for how to work with them. So first of all, well, the term would be, I think that she was looking for was, is oppositional reflex. And you can Google it and, and it's often talked about uh, in the dog world and some in the horse world. But I think the first most important thing to know is that it's actually quite natural for any horse. If a lion jumps on and has their claws into the horse, if he pulls away, it's actually going to rip the flesh off, right? So you want to, it's a nice survival mechanism to push into it, to not rip away. Think of um, horses running in a herd or horses in a herd, and then there's a threat or a predator. They will naturally bunch together, right? Push themselves shoulder to shoulder. It's, um, they're safer that way. They become one big herd instead of uh, multiple vulnerable individuals. So it is a, a behavior that's can seem reflexive. I don't think opposition reflexes may be an actual reflex. I don't know. There's probably some, uh, some neuroscientists can tell the difference, but it's more of like a behavior, but I think it is in, inherent. Like it, I think it's normal. The horses are born with this. So there's that safety mechanism pushed together when in doubt, bunch up next to something else. <laughs> and we see it in, in dogs, right? So anybody who's 
um, had a dog on a leash. Like my dog Remy is hilarious. Like we'll take him for walks in town and he loves to walk like in the middle of the road. Now it's a really quiet little town we go to every Saturday to go get a cup of coffee and a pastry. Uh, and you know, this is, he's a tiny little dog, very small, like six pound dog. And he, you know, lives on my farm, which is always tall grass, right? It's always grass. And I'm sure that got to get annoying. It's like having grass up to your head that you're always having to navigate. Anyway, so when he goes into town, he really prefers to walk in in the road. And it's just really funny because you have the leash and he, I mean, he weighs six pounds. He's nothing. But if you even touch the leash, he like leans his whole body. <laughs> so if a car's coming and we want to like get him over to the side of the road, if you just put pressure on the leash, he just, I mean, you can pull him off his feet pretty easily, but he just leans his whole little six pound body. And it's just hilarious uh, to watch him uh, do that. So anyway, that's opposition reflex, right? So what works better if I, if I just go, Hey, Remy, come here. And you know, he comes towards me because he is knowing what to do when he comes towards me rather than just physically pulling him. But if you put even an ounce on the leash, he'll put, he'll put, you know, all six pounds going the other direction. So it's a natural, normal thing. I think this is very natural for humans too. I mean, imagine somebody comes up next to you and pushes you in a way that um, might push you off balance. Like I think your your natural tendency would be to try to right yourself, right? To push back a little bit, uh, especially if you're standing near a cliff, right? So if you're just in the crowd, someone might bump into you and you'll move away somebody might lean on you and you might move away, especially if it's a stranger and you're like, Ooh, (laughs) what are you doing? Let me get away from you because it's like an icky feeling. Um, but chances are if something's putting you off balance, your tendency is going to want to go to right your balance and to hold your ground. So you're not, you don't get pushed over. So imagine again, you're on the edge of a cliff and you felt a little pressure. You're going to not going to go off the cliff, right? You're going to push back into it. So I think oppositional, this op, this tendency to move into pressure is really what oppositional reflex that's in air quotes. I'm making air quotes. (laughs) You can't see it, but I am. Um, that's what that is. When there's a pressure, instead of moving away, like a beautiful yield that we all want from our horses, um, they push in. And why I'm going on and on about this is because that's really important to know. Otherwise we can meet a horse that does this and we think, oh, that's a dull horse or it's a dumb horse or, you know, what's wrong with that horse or there's something wrong with him or her. And that's not the case. We have to think about them all starting from there. So it's, I think the, the first important thing is that it's normal. So don't judge a horse by that. It's like, well, of course (laughs) it's a horse. Uh, now there's ranges, right? So there's some horses by nature, the more, um, young horses you, you work with you, there's a range, right? So there's some, you can't get near them because they're so light, you know, they're, they're 
backing away from even if you look at them sideways. And there's others that, like you say, you'll touch them and they'll really push in. So there's a range. But we have to still look at what's really happening there. Is there really a difference in the oppositional reflex, air quotes again, or there's some differences in other factors like fear, (laughs) right? So the, the bottom line is it's always going to be up to us to educate the horse and most importantly, to build trust so we're not triggering defensive mechanisms in them which is always going to make it worse, right? So the example I used with yourself, you know, when are you going to, um, you could move away if you're scared of somebody (laughs) and like, okay, we moved, but now we're tense for a different reason. And, you know, maybe we yielded, but is that really ultimately what we want to yield? Because, you know, we scared (laughs) the horse or the person. You know, or um, we don't want to trigger things that make you feel like you're going to fall off a cliff, right? If I think I'm on the edge of a cliff and you start pushing, like that's not going to feel good. I'm going to really go into a defensive stance and a defensive attitude because now I think I'm going to die. If I do, if I let you do the thing you're doing and I let you push me where you're pushing me, that's scary to me. Like I'm not only not going to move, but I'm going to be really defensive and not trusting of you, right? So what is that equivalent of, I feel like I'm about to go off a cliff. This is the thing we have to see things from our horse's perspective because there's situations where we're like, oh, just get in the wash stall. (laughs) what's wrong with you? It's the same washed all as always, or it looks just like the one at home or, you know, whatever those things were like, come on, just do it. But if the horse is thinking, I'm not safe, if I go do that, then of course, they're going to start defending themselves. So one way to think about it, that's a really great way to start to change it is to not think of it as oh, they're just being oppositional, right? But just think, oh, they're being defensive. They're defending themselves against the thing that I'm asking them to do. And then you can think, why, (laughs) right? Why? And also when I think of it that way, I start to feel like, oh my gosh, that is such a shame. Like that makes me sad that they are feeling afraid of the washed all like I'm, I'm, that doesn't feel good to me. And so if I'm thinking, oh my gosh, they're afraid or what a shame that they're feeling that unsafe, then I won't tend to do things like get in there, you dumb horse, (laughs) right? Which would just make it more oppositional. You know, I'll tend to be like, oh, what do you need? Or you don't feel safe. What can I do to help you feel safer? Which will completely change all the decisions that you make down the line from that thought, right? That's a, that's a really, um, important distinction. Are you, you know, are you doing it because you're just being stubborn or are you doing it because you're scared? So you can see how easy it is to to make things get worse with oppositional reflex 
the behavior of, ah, (laughs) I feel like I have to defend myself against this. If we start using fear or force to follow through and actually get it done. Okay, so now we can think about, well, all right, how? (laughs) What do we do? You know, I'm putting some pressure on the lead rope and they're pulling back against it or I'm asking my horse to move over and they're leaning on me. You know, what do we do? So there's the the background stuff and then there's the, you know, technique-y kind of things. And I always like to think of the background stuff first because the context matters and the history matters. Because sometimes a horse will be, air quotes, oppositional with one person, but not another person asking for the same thing. And what's the difference? The relationship, the trust. So the the first answer has to be to build trust and relaxation. So you're, you're coming in with an animal that basically is like, eh, you're probably okay and I'm probably safe, right? So if they're kind of operating in that state of mind, then everything becomes easier. And then the progressive education, right? So it's up to us. They are perfect the way they are until we come along and ask them to move over <laughs> and then they're oppositional, right? So progressive education in the context of trust and relaxation. So the trust and relaxation, you can be building that. Well, you ought, it should be being built every moment that you're with your horse, right? But if you're arguing over there and then you're forcing him over there and then you're smacking him over there and then he's scared over there and then you bring him into the thing he doesn't want to do or he's being oppositional yeah it's going to be worse no matter how good your techniques are so that's where don't focus just on the what's the technique (laughs) what's the technique for getting horse to move over because if you you know if you're already in a bad relationship that technique's not going to really work not in a way that lasts so be a trustworthy person, build relaxation. Then we'll talk about some techniques. And then even while you're applying the technique to be doing that technique in a way that builds trust and relaxation. And then of course, other things like understanding, (laughs) communication, body language, right? So um, there's different ways to reinforce a behavior, right? So we're, we're going to talk about reinforcement, meaning I, let's just say I want my horse to move over. I send a little energy. I'd like them to move over. If they lean into me, um, we could punish them for doing that. But I mean, that's a choice. It's not a choice that I would necessarily choose unless it's like a big safety thing right? So it's like, there's times when we need to, you know, do something like, ah, like that was, there's a consequence of you doing that. That's, that's not comfortable. And you don't want to do that again. So punishment is a choice. Save that for, um, I would say, you know, a situation where, um, you need them to move and there's no time to train, uh, it's unsafe situation. All right, so, but that's out there. But let's say that's not the situation. We're in a situation where we can 
have some choice and we can decide when to approach. And then, so it's about re- we want to them to learn all reinforcement. We want them to understand what to do and we want them to start doing it, right? That's what reinforcement means. We want them to move when we yield. That's the, the piece we're trying to train them. And so we have some choices. We can use positive reinforcement. When they move, we reward it and we give them something they like or we can use negative reinforcement and add that pressure and we keep it on until they move and then we take it off. All right, so those are the two kind of big, big buckets. And then there's all sorts of other ways to give them an idea of, of what we want if we're not touching them, right? We can get their attention or lure them with something or all those sorts of things. But let's just think positive and negative. We can usually use pressure and release. And then, and actually for me, it's not an or, um, let's talk about pressure and release because we're talking about the problem of pushing into pressure. So it's kind of like a pressure <laughs> issue. So we're going to talk about adding pressure and release, but we can also add a little reward on the end of it. So now you get into the tech, the conversation about techniques for adding pressure, phases of pressure, or however you want to um, talk about it. There's different lingo for different to, um, different people use different lingo. There's also some different styles. So there's um, some people who will say, you know, start with the lightest pressure and then gradually escalate to whatever strong enough pressure to cause the horse to actually do the thing that you want them to do. And then the pressure comes off. So um, some people use like phase one is light and then phase four is a promise like, hey, <laughs> you're going to do this. There, you did it. And there's there's definitely a logic to that. I mean, absolutely, you want to start with the lightest pressure because sometimes that opposition comes in because people don't start light enough. You know, all of a sudden they feel a push and they, you know, automatically push against it. Where instead, if you just, you know, let them know you're there and send that energy, it doesn't bring up that defense system. They don't go, oh, I got to like hold my ground so I don't get thrown off balance. So it becomes more of like a like, hey, I'm thinking about this. Do you feel me? What do you want to do about this? Right. So that's where like a gentle um, think of somebody gently um, think of somebody you like gently guiding you through a crowd or something and they just like gently you know your partner's walking and they gently put their hand on your shoulder and sort of guide you like a beautiful dance around um, something on the ground that you didn't see or something like that so think of that where you're like walking and talking and they just put a little hand there and then guide you out of the way versus if they suddenly come up and like push you your shoulder like how you would feel that way so i always think we should start with um, an idea, an intention, and then an absolutely as light a pressure as possible. And think about not triggering defensive behavior. And then it's like, okay, now what do we do if that light one doesn't work? So there's the escalating, like a little more, a little more, a little more. Like, you know, do you feel it? And then come on, move. <laughs> and then they move. 
Thank you very much. There's um, another, I've, I've heard some other people say they will do really light and then if that doesn't work after a certain amount of time, go right away to the strongest pressure. Like you should have gone. And sometimes I will use that. You have to be careful in that one that it doesn't feel like a punishment for not moving. And I don't know, you could probably split those hairs and debate that all the time, you know, for a, for a long time about what is that second piece? Is it like, you know, phase one, phase four, or is it a phase one and then a punishment because you didn't go? I don't know. I'm sure there's real scientific, you know, behaviors out there that could split those hairs. But I've seen, I've, I've had both of those work, but, um, I will tend to go, uh, gradually, progressively escalating. Um, but there's little caveats there too, because if you wait too long and you're increasing pressure is a little bit too slow, it almost becomes like the frog in the, in the pot that doesn't feel the, <laughs> the water getting hotter. It's like that you're almost desensitizing as you go because they're just, they're sort of rebalancing and setting in and they're like, okay, I can do that. And how do they know the difference between that and like a massage, right? Massage pressure. Right. So there has to be a strong intention of like, we really would like something to happen here. So starting with light and then we can decide, do we, do we increase, 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 increase and it happens. And then we release so they can feel the difference. Do we go along like, Hey, do you feel it really light? Do you feel it? Do you feel it? Oh, you should have gone, you know, a little, then the stronger phase pretty like go up quickly. The other problem with increasing your phases is if you're committed to a system where you start light and then go bigger and bigger, it's like, well, what happens if it gets pretty big and they still haven't moved? Right? So that's when it can get kind of icky because, um, you know, how strong are you going to get? I mean, when does it get cruel, right? So does it go, oh, I'm touching the hair and then the skin and then I'm going more and now I'm digging in. Now I'm using my fingernails and that's not working. So I'm going to go pick up this hoof pick and push it in. That's not working. So I'm going to, you know, it can, it, that's where it can get really ugly is, you know, pressure release system gone wrong. That's one of the ways it can go wrong is you just start getting in there and then, the human ego comes in and goes, well, you, you can't, you can't release without them doing it. And now you're stuck, right? You're really stuck because, um, you know, again, people say never release, right? So if you never release and the horse is aggressively going against it, or you're simply stuck, it's, this is just, that's ego, <laughs> Because think about it, like if you're applying pressure and the problem, the problem is that they're leaning into the pressure, 
the problem, the original root of this whole problem is your pressure, right? They were fine until you came along, right? So if the pressure is creating an oppositional reflex, then how could more and more pressure solve it? The pressure is creating the problem. So we need to sometimes stop, rethink it, (laughs) make a new plan, or approach it with intermediate steps, smaller approximations, something like that. So this idea of pressure release is, I think it's so much more nuanced and complicated and, you know, it's different for different horses. We can have our, you know, way of doing it. I, I tend to start with have an intention, as light a pressure as possible. If, they, if that doesn't work, I'll pretty, I'll go up, you know, progressively. Do you feel it? Do you feel it? Do you feel it? And then I want to be successful. But I also have a cap of what I'm willing to do in that moment in order to be successful. So how it will look, let's, let's see what it would look like with using pressure and it works well. I add, I have the thought, I send my energy and my body language is set up to be making it as clear as possible. Slight touch, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. It's strong. Something happens in the direction I want and I release. And that's a key. Maybe you're not, they they might not have even taken a step yet, but something in that direction that, that I want, then I release. Great. Um, here's a key. You're not done. So if you use pressure and then they move and you release, you're not done. You've got to go, thank you for that. Let's try it again. So I have a sort of a goal of how much pressure is successful. How much pressure do I want to apply for me to have to, to be me to say, oh yeah, that's light enough. Right? So if I go above that amount of pressure of like, okay, they moved, but I was stronger than I want. A lot of times people will stop at that and they go, okay, yay, I use pressure and I got them to move. We have to go back and try it again and give them a chance give them a chance to go from the lighter pressure. And that's the key. So never leave strong pressure hanging. Thank them, release, let them process it, and then repeat the same thing again until they go from that light, light touch. Then you give a reward. That's when I'll give a reward. So that's often how I will mix pressure release with a reward. Now, if horse is really, really stuck, I might give a reward on anything. But once a horse is kind of in there and trying to figure it out, I'll use that, um, give a cookie or something as like, you not only get a release from the pressure, but you also get a cookie, right? So um, that's a typical way I'll use pressure release. Set everything up, start it light, a little bit more, a little bit more, they go. I get some success. Thank you very much, release. Try it again until we get when I start to send the energy, lightest touch, they go, I know what that means. 
and then we're done and they get a little extra cookie or walk away or whatever it is something that they like <laughs> that, that they think oh i learned something i get it now with horses that are all, already have a pretty strong reflex or <laughs> what i should say you know well sometimes there's horses that are just naturally on that scale but some horses have been desensitized by us you know but if you have a horse that's particularly difficult with this Sometimes just getting into that pressure at all just makes things worse and worse. Remember, the pressure is causing the problem. They were fine until you came along. So don't be shy about removing the pressure. So sometimes you can just send the, the thought, and if they're really opposing, just stop for a second. I'm kinda, I all kind of think of like, oop, that's more than I wanna do. Like, oh, you must not have felt it. Then come back in and repeat. So Shelby Hume, one of my instructors, um, dressage naturally instructor, Shelby Hume, Hume, when we were all together, um, she was talking about this. And I think it's, it is a great thing to think about of, you know, we all get caught in this. I have to get it. If I start it, I got to keep finishing it. But sometimes just to let, let them feel it. If it doesn't work, remove it. Now we've removed the thing that they can be opposing to. And then ask again, like we just redo it. And sometimes that's enough for them to start feeling the difference between on or off so they don't get dull to it, right? And it gives them another chance. And it also proves that you are not going to escalate it. So again, you turn off that defense system. And so we just always have to weigh, like how do we educate the horse in this moment? How do we work with their past history that's caused some defensiveness or just who they are of why are they feeling like they have to protect themselves? And some horses are just like, oh, you know, when they finally get it, they're like, oh, that's what you meant by that? I, that's weird, okay, but they can learn it. So again, I tend to give the horse always <laughs> the benefit of the doubt. And if it's something's not working, again, it's on me to try to figure it out. Now, sometimes, like I mentioned before, sometimes we have to be kind of, you know, well, I'll just say I've been strong with a horse, right? I, I will, um, you know, in quotes, bite. I don't use my teeth, but I might bite a horse, you know, but this, and be like, hey, you know, a, a stronger movement if they're just like walking and leaning and I'm about to get stepped on or something like I'll bite. I can bite and, and kick like the best of horses. But this is again, like I said, this is if I use that technique, it's for a very short moment. And it's usually around safety or usually around boundaries. And or if it's a, a horse that's been dulled or really desensitized um, and but if I'm, if I'm doing that, like, again, I'll say I bite a horse, you know, I'll be strong with a horse and be like, ah, you're going to beat the horse. No, it could, it could be something just startling. Like sometimes I'll just stop my feet or something like, Hey, <laughs> it's, it's, sometimes horses are just been bored to death and they've been pushed on and they have to figure out what's meaningful and what's meaningless. And they don't know because Every, you know, they've worked with lots of humans and we've confused them. So sometimes they just zone out and I'll, I'll put a little pressure on. And if they're just like falling asleep, I might just like stop my feet and like almost startle them. But then, 
you know, I look at them like, oh, yeah, that was a weird sound. <laughs> and then now ask again, right? Because this pressure thing, again, it it's, turns on defense mechanisms, or they can think you're giving them a massage. <laughs> you just go to sleep, right? So I think the key here when we're thinking about how to start asking for these yields is to think, what does success look like? And for me, success means they understand what you're asking and they willingly offer it when given the chance, right? So this whole key is education. It's not the art of pushing your horse off of you. I mean, sometimes you want to be able to do that. That's just controlling the situation. But we want to take those steps to offer, let them know what they need to do, come back and repeat until they can prove that they understand it and willingly offer. So we got to make it good for them. We want them to go, oh, that's all, that's it. And we have to think about their whole life because who else is dealing with them and what's their history and are they afraid? So if you are stuck, like I said before, if you are stuck, don't get into just this ego battle of I'm pushing and once I start pushing, they have to move or I'm teaching them the wrong thing or I'm failing. I mean, if that's happening a lot with you, you need to take a few steps back and make a new plan. You got to get really precise about this and, and figure out what are some intermediate steps. How can you get your horse looking at you differently, right? How can you have them um, think you're interesting? How can it be um, in there, you know, good for them or interesting to them to look at you and see what you're talking about and solve these puzzles, right? So to change the cycle, if you have a horse that's really um really leans into the pressure. Sometimes you might have to be surprising. You might have to be a little sharp um, with your energy. <laughs> I'm not talking about poking your horse with sharp objects. Stomp your feet, do something unexpected. So they go, oh, that's different. And when they're in that mode, you go, hi. Yeah, I thought that was a weird sound too. The most important thing is to discover like, what is your technique for the moment? We could talk techniques all day and there's always going to be a technique that works for this horse and doesn't work for that horse. I'm trying to give you like some different choices and ways to think about applying that pressure. Um, be creative, be, you know, think about what your horse needs. Is he afraid or is he confused or has he been desensitized? You know, think about that and you'll find a technique. If you're trying to think, my horse is scared, you know, what's a technique I could, what would be the technique I would want to use for a scared horse? Or, wow, my horse has been desensitized. What would be the technique I need for that? So just knowing what you need to know will help you find the answer. But here's the thing you absolutely need to know. Trust is the most important piece of moving a horse away from opposition reflex into communication or willingness. Willingness to do what we're asking. Opposition comes from fear or simply not wanting to do the thing we're asking them to do. They don't want to go, they don't want to do it. And sometimes they don't yield because we've accidentally taught them to ignore us. So the answer is build trust so they can relax defenses, build communication so they understand, and build desire so they want to. 
Hey everyone, a quick message to let you know about a really exciting limited time opportunity for learning at no extra cost. So now you've heard me rave about the video classroom. It's my video training library, and it's where you go to see this podcast in action with videos on pretty much everything that I teach. But for May, June, and July, we are going to be doing extra monthly live Q&A calls, and anyone who's in the classroom gets to attend at no extra cost. We've never offered this before, so it's a pretty cool opportunity. So this is such a great time to be able to speak with a real person, to get your questions answered, either about a particular video that you watched or a challenge that you're having with your horse. Now the video classroom, I think, is always the best deal. And for May, June, and July, it is going to be amazing. So go to dressagenaturally.net slash classroom and start your subscription today. There's always a one week free trial to check it out. Again, dressagenaturally.net slash classroom. Okay, now back to the pod. So the other part of her question was about recommendations of videos that I might have. And so, yeah, in the Dressage Naturally video classroom, which you can get to by going to dressagenaturally.net slash classroom, there's lots of videos in there. And what I would recommend first is kind of two, two videos. One is, well, I would search for moving massage. And this is going to sound a little counterintuitive because this video is about putting your hands on and not asking for any yields, but it's about putting your hands on and melting tension. And this exercise alone can be transformative in so many horses. It solves a lot of challenges because you're approaching your horse, not from, I want you to do something, but from, I love you and I want you to feel as good as you can possibly feel. And so this moving massage technique would be where I would start if I had a horse that tended to be oppositional. Because when I think oppositional, I think hard muscles. I think brace, I think lockdown, I think no. (laughs) And moving massage is all about opening to the touch, trusting the touch, feeling your horse, wanting to just send love and good energy to your horse. So taking away those defenses and starting from a place of yummy, mushy openness rather than from a place of already a hardened body and a hardened mind. So you can go to the video classroom, click on a video label that's moving massage, or just type it in the search box. You will find it. There's a bunch of videos and it of me playing, doing moving massage with several horses in different circumstances, different types of horses, bracy ones, scared ones. If you had to do one exercise, <laughs> do that. And then there's also um, videos um, about how to use pressure and release and reward. And so I'll leave um, links to that in the show notes. Uh, But there literally is one called Pressure, Release, Reward. And it shows me uh, working or playing with a, a horse 
where I'm teaching them a new yield. And it's kind of a weird yield. I put a string around the top of his rear end. I've never asked him to do that before. And you'll be able to see him leaning into it and then and then learning what the yield is and how I work with that. So I think you'll find that super helpful. And while you're in there, poke around and check out all the other hundreds of videos in there. So I hope that helps. Come on over to Dressage Naturally Land and let me know. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process.